The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Welcome in. Welcome into the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. It is a victory party. The Kansas City Chiefs have defeated the Miami Dolphins 26-7. to uh, Didn't give up a single point in the second half. Absolutely tremendous job by the Chiefs. As Sterling Holmes mixes up a martini to celebrate. Sterling, how you feeling, buddy? Oh, I'm golden, baby. What a dub. Why did we ever doubt the Kansas City Chiefs? When the Chiefs get to the playoffs, they are just different. A broken helmet, some bad calls, some drops, negative degrees. It did not matter. The Chiefs' defense gets all the credit in the world. They were electric outside of a hot air balloon ball from Tua Tagovailoa to Tyreek Hill. It was zero points on the board Chiefs got it done. They they go down in history. And shout out to all the fans. All the fans that went to that game, that were loud, that were proud, that stood there the entire time. Beers were freezing. Water was freezing. Their vocal cords did not. What a fun, amazing game. Yeah, you know, we talked about it uh, earlier in the week in some of our preview shows. And we were kind of asking the question, Will the, will we see a different Chiefs team because it's the playoffs? Can the Chiefs turn it on? And there were some there were some signs, there were some things that carried over from the regular season. But yes, you did see a different Chiefs team. Now, yes, the Miami defense is really banged up, but the last two weeks, the Kansas City Chiefs have moved the football against two beat up teams in the in the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, in the last two weeks that we saw them play with their starters. Uh, the Chiefs The Chiefs have been getting to the red zone. They were terrific in this game of, of moving the ball up and down the field. If they can just find a way to score touchdowns next week when they probably go to Buffalo and play the Bills, because they're going to have to. They're not going to win if they don't score touchdowns against the Bills. But it is a good sign that they're moving the football. They're making fewer mistakes. The passing game has opened up a little bit. And, I mean, Rasheed Rice, man. Like, he was the best wide receiver on the field. Eight catches, 130 yards, and a tutty on 12 targets from Patrick Mahomes. Tyree Kill, an afterthought in this game. He had one play, scored the only points for the Dolphins. That was it, five for 62. I mean, you mentioned it. He was locked up, but all of the Dolphins' wide receivers really were. Um, Sneed, McDuffie, um, it didn't matter. It was kind of coupled to an extent with the fact that uh, Tua Tagovailoa does not have the strongest arm, as we saw, right? Uh, he was putting his receivers in some precarious situations. Um, but, man, they were laying the wood. And you can just tell, like, how hyped was that Chiefs defense in yeah. the second half? I mean, they were smiling. They were laughing. When you were playing that good of football, the vibes are immaculate. I mean, that team, again, this Chiefs defense is something special. The, the offense, again, they, they were solid in this game, but this Chiefs defense is something special. It does not matter who they face. 
they are going to have the advantage. It's incredible. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, that's what you're looking for out of them, right? You're looking for them to step up. They've been the strength of this team all year. And I thought the offense matched them pretty well tonight, other than the fact that they couldn't finish the drives, uh, a few of them there. Oh, yeah, put those olives in, baby. Are those blue cheese? I'm in that class. It's just, just a pimento. <laughs> uh, shout out to our guy, Rhett, for the Super Chat. Good win, but have to get touchdowns inside the 10. Settle for field goals next week. Season will end. <laughs> We gave up on Pacheco inside the 10 too much as well. Yeah, I would like to see a little bit more Pacheco. Uh, Credit the Dolphins. They made some adjustments against the run. They did a pretty good job uh, of limiting Pacheco. Not too many explosive plays. But the hard running from the Chiefs running backs. By the way, you're watching the Arrowhead Attic podcast. If you're watching us out there on YouTube, hit that like button. Uh, We want to get as many fans in here to celebrate a Chiefs playoff victory. You know, uh, just just real quick before we keep breaking down the game. Put this in perspective, because I know some of you may still feel like, well, I don't know if they can win the Super Bowl. I don't know that I agree with you anymore. But if you're feeling that way, don't take this for granted. Celebrate all week. A Chiefs playoff victory used to be like diamond rare. Okay? Like these did not happen. And I know we've all gotten used to them. But celebrate them all. Don't worry about how far you think they can go like – You can worry about that on like Thursday, Friday, when the game starts coming up. Tonight, tomorrow, when you're watching all the games you have to worry about, the Chiefs are in. Uh, It's just absolutely tremendous. What a a time to be a Chiefs fan, even in a year where they didn't look great all year. You know, you're sitting here after this game, and I I mean, I don't know about you, Sterling, but I'm like, Super Bowl's back on, baby. Oh, without a doubt. Again, you saw it a little bit with – the Patriots, right? You saw with the Patriots, the regular season did not matter how many times you're like, they're, they're going through the motions. What's wrong? Playoffs roll around. What happened? They got right. Chiefs get right. Huge shout out to the offensive line outside of Juwan Taylor. Although I will say Juwan Taylor is pretty good in pass protection, right? It was the, the penalties that were the main issue there. Trey Smith got one that was a little bit of a uh, pretty weak But overall, man, they gave Mahomes a lot of time in the pocket. Rasheed Rice did a great job, not just the catches, but finding the soft spots in the zone, becoming more Patrick friendly. I was so impressed with him. Uh, Richie James had a nice catch. Noah Gray had a lovely catch. Christian Watson had, um, not Christian Watson, Justin Watson had a lovely catch. Uh, hell, MVS had a, was one for one, right? That was that was nice to see. I guess if you count the D ball, one for two, but. Man, I, I was very impressed overall with this team. This may have been one of the best performances from Mahomes all season long, and it happened in negative seven degree weather. Yeah, and 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 you mentioned some of the shots that they that they took. the The other thing that stood out to me with the Bengals game and this game is that th- there were deep shots there. I know they didn't connect, but he had Hardman a couple times. He had a shot at MVS. Like, guys were getting open downfield for some big chunk plays, and we were not seeing that most of the season. The Chiefs were, I think, the number one in the league in the shortest passing attempts. It just didn't seem like they even believed that they could get those shots. Whatever they've been doing the last couple weeks, those shots have opened back up for them. And if they're able to – if someone's able to catch them, um, that that could mean all the difference for this team. 
And we can talk about that in a in a minute. Uh, wow, in a moment. Uh, <laughs> I swear I've only had two sips of this. Uh, mm-hmm. In a moment, because there are some negatives or some growing moments in this game we can talk about and what that means. But let's ride the highs right now. Let's try and stay positive. Again, the Chiefs are moving on. That much we do know. Steelers and Bills playing on Monday as that game was moved. The Chiefs got it done in their uh, cold weather game. Bills getting moved to Monday. That still remains to be seen. Uh, A couple of super chats I want to get to. One from Raymond Chandler. Thank you so much for the super chat. Only thing worse than playing in negative 25 degree weather, getting your ass kicked in the playoffs in negative 25 degree weather. Shanahan, goodbye. Uh, I will say, imagine if you're a fan. I mean, imagine if you were a Miami fan. You flew up from 75 and sunny. You get your ass here. You're cold. You're miserable. Maybe you didn't prepare and dress the way you should. And you're watching your team get the doors blown off them in that weather. Miserable. Brutal. Yeah, you know, it really was kind of top to bottom. A dominant performance for the Chiefs. It was closer, you know, as, as I, don't, I don't mean to just keep bringing it up, but because they didn't get the, the touchdowns, it, it was closer for longer than you wanted it to be. But when you look at the box score on this thing, man, the Chiefs outgained the Dolphins 409 to 264 in total yards. They averaged a full yard more per play than the Dolphins, 262 to 188 in passing yards. But the, the big one it comes on the time of possession. Chiefs had the ball for 34 minutes and five seconds. Dolphins only 25, 55. And I also think in total plays, yeah, listen to this. Chiefs ran 75 total plays. The Dolphins ran 59. And it would have been even worse if the Chiefs didn't back off there towards the end when they knew that all they needed to do was keep the ball in front of them. The Chiefs were all over this Dolphins offense, and it showed in in the final score. Dude, I was a little perplexed by what McDaniel was doing there. Just just run the ball. Like They ran like 13 plays. It took like a minute and a half, and I'm sitting here going, you're down 19. Your yeah. dudes want out of here. Tua Tagovailoa is throwing the ball like me out there. Get <laughs> off the field. You're not You're not winning this game. He yeah. called that one timeout, then the Chiefs ended up picking the first down, and eventually he backed off. And I'm sitting here going, come on, man. I know your ass is cold, too. Just take it like a man. Uh, yeah, you want to get home. Two more Super Chats to get to. One from Billy D. Stash is strong, Sterling. This is just the beginning, Billy D. This is just the, the beginning of the playoff stash. This is three days. Is that this Billy is, D. Williams? This is three days, baby. I hope it's Billy D. Williams. Um, right. <laughs> and then Derek Watson said, we can absolutely ride this defense to the Super Bowl. I'm with you, baby. Defense travels. What Again, let, let's talk about the defense some more because this was awesome. They, they deserve all of the credit in the world. Talk more about the defense, Patrick. Well, I'll start with this. The Dolphins were one of 12 on third down. You do that, you can beat anybody. I mean, that. Get, look, I know the Dolphins are a little bit banged up on offense. Tyreek's been hurt. Waddle's been hurt. Moster's been hurt. They were out there, okay? A-chan's healthy, as far as I know. They were playing. The Chiefs locked them up, man. I mean, the Chiefs have not been good uh, against the run this year. It's been a little bit of an Achilles heel for them. They held the Dolphins to 4.2 yards per carry. Moster, eight carries for 33 yards. A-Chan, they're an explosive guy. One of the guys we were worried about coming into this game because of his home run ability. Six carries, nine yards. That's it. He had three catches, 21 yards. Total non-factor. Uh, and it's not just one guy on this defense. Like, 
you know, McDuffie did get burned by Tyree Kill, but that that can happen to anybody. There's no shame in getting burned by Tyree Kill. Um, Legereus Sneed, McDuffie making plays. Uh, you got the linebackers, the pass rush. How about George Karloftis coming on? Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Karloftis, the motor he had, the amount of snaps that he made a difference on. Him and Charles Minahu, Adam Best guy. Um, I was high on Karloftis. He was high on Charles Minahu, and it looks like we were both right. Those guys were game changers. Not just putting pressure or knocking balls down. Not just affecting Tua Tagovailoa in the pass game. But how often were they making plays in the run game? How often were they making Raheem or Devon H and have to cut back into the waiting arms of a linebacker? Yeah. Charles Aminahu and George Karloftis, to me, were great again, not just in the pass game, but also in the run game. They were complete players. Yeah, you just got to really – I think what's most impressive about this Chiefs defense, and I know a lot of people have been mad at Brett Veach for the way that the wide receiver situation turned out this year, and rightfully so – but at the same time that he maybe neglected that position a little bit, he has been slowly putting together this defense for about four years now. And it is we, we've been talking about, like, what if this defense ever really comes to fruition? And, and this this is the year that it's happened. And it's because they've got they've got dogs at every level, man. They've got pass rushers. They've got linebackers. They've got corners. They've got safeties like it really works as a whole complete unit. And I think. I think it might be the best defense Steve Spagnuolo has ever had. And he is such a good defensive coordinator and he's so creative that I think what you're seeing is he's just like, Oh man, all the stuff I want, like all the things like he might have, you know, two years ago with the chiefs, he might have one thing that worked for him. Right. Remember he used to blitz Snead a lot a couple years ago when the defense wasn't as good and Snead was getting sacked. That was like one thing. He had that ability. He could do that. Now it's like, he can do all the tricks he can do all the blitzes. He can blitz the safety. He can blitz the linebackers. He can blitz the corners. He can blitz, it's tranquil. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, he can rush four, and then Chris Jones will get home, or Carl Loftus will get home. It is really, really exciting to watch because they they other than maybe you know defensive tackle run defense, like they don't really have a weakness. And as you saw today, when they want to stop the run, when they set their mind to stopping the run, they're usually able to do it. Yeah. Uh, before we get to more Chiefs talk, as well as more of your very generous Super Chats, want to give a shout out to DraftKings. DraftKings offering a fantastic sign-up bonus ahead of and joining right now of the postseason. You can place a $5 first bet on anything to instantly claim $200 in bonus bets. You'll also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. The best part is that you'll receive both rewards, even if that first bet loses. When you join Jack, when you join DraftKings, make sure you sign up with our code Arrowhead. Using our code Arrowhead. Go ahead and not only get you these great bonuses, but also directly supports our podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use the code Arrowhead to maximize your first bets and parlays. Offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. I won money. I I, I bet on our guy, uh, uh, Rishi Rice, for the first touchdown. Put, put a few mm. bucks in my pocket. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm so excited about Rasheed Rice. And I think that's the thing. And, and I want to hear your take on this, Sterling, because we talked about all year, like one of the things that was frustrating about this Chiefs offense was at least at the wide receiver position, it looked largely like the same wide receiving group that they had last year, especially once they got McCole Hartman back with the exception of no Juju Smith-Schuster. And we kind of all been 
waiting like, well, if Rasheed Rice could step in and be that Juju Smith-Schuster for them, couldn't they go back to the Super Bowl with this defense? I feel like, do you, let me ask you, has Rasheed Rice surpassed last year's Juju Smith-Schuster now? Yes, but I think they're a little different. So Rasheed Rice has way more yak ability. He finished second or third in the entire NFL, right? In yards after catch. Like he was, he's electric with the ball in his hands. That was not Juju Smith-Schuster's game. Juju was very good at the back shoulder throw. He was very good at the, when the play broke down, how to make himself available. But Rasheed Rice is starting to get that in and incorporate that into his game as well. Again, as you saw on that one play over the middle, what happened when the play broke down? He made himself available. Yep. That's what the – I think a lot of the offensive struggles have stemmed from this year. It's not just the receivers not getting open. It's when the second play starts, why aren't guys trying to make themselves more available? Mahomes can't throw the ball 80 yards across the field. you got to come back towards him. Rasheed learns that, and he understands the soft spots in the zone. He's progressed so much over the past, what, week six on. Yeah. So for me, I, I do think he's actually become a more valuable piece, a more complete player than Juju was last year. There's very different styles. I'm glad you called out that play because I think you're absolutely right, man. Like the ability to be on the same page with Mahomes, to, to, to not just run your route, sit there and just stand behind a linebacker until your quarterback gets sacked. It was a very effortless shift that he made behind that linebacker, just move into that open window, give your quarterback a chance. And of course, the offensive line did a great job. The Dolphins had no pass rush, so, so that certainly helped set plays like that up. But if he starts to get into more and more of a rhythm with Mahomes, the thing that's the most exciting about his emergence coming into these playoffs for me is that, oh yeah, there's that other guy, Travis Kelsey, who had a nice day today, seven receptions for 71 yards, if not for a couple of drops, would have been even better. But now if you're going next week, if you're going to Buffalo or if you're if you're hosting the Texans, whoever it is, they've got to talk about Rasheed Rice like they have to talk about him. They can't just be like, oh, yeah, let's just take this guy one on one and and double Kelsey. And what that means is if they if they try to mess with Rice, it's going to open up more room for Travis Kelsey. It's going to open up more room for other guys. That's good news for a Chiefs offense that struggled most of the year. Well, and that's what I said with with, with Xavier Howard being out right with 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 the. Um, lack of talent overall on the banged-up Dolphins defense. I'm sitting here going, Jalen Ramsey, who I actually think had a pretty good game overall, right? If you saw any of the plays that the Dolphins made defensively, odds are it was Jalen Ramsey making the play. But he couldn't be on Kelsey as well as Rice at the same time. So whoever he was not on, Mahomes just looked for the other guy. And that's what you saw. He was taking advantage of Eli Apple before he got injured. Everyone else, he was kind of trying to stay away. It seemed like a little bit of um, Jalen Ramsey. It made a lot of sense. Uh, looks like Matt Verderam is about to join us. Verderam, how are you, dude? I'm fine. Uh, surprise. I, I know I'm not even supposed to be here, but uh, I showed bailed, up. Right? You were soft. Was that what it was? I heard that uh, Sherman Ultra said, and they it, said, hey, man, you, you, we can't let you go. Uh, you, you know, you're too soft. Talk to, talk to the state of Iowa. They shut the interstate down. Yeah. Somebody reached out to me, Verderam, and they said, Patrick, did you see that Verderam had to turn around in Iowa? And I was like, oh, no. And I no, said, thank, to him, I'm like, thank God it was before I got to Iowa. <laughs> oh, OK, but it was the road like they didn't plow the road in Illinois. So I was going like 35, 40 miles an hour. And I'm like, oh, it's going to take 10 hours, but I'll go. And then I look, my phone's like normally it's like a six, six and a half hour trip. It's telling me it's like nine hours. I'm like, Why is it nine hours? I look at my phone. You had to like get off the interstate and go through all these county roads in Iowa. I was like, yeah, 
that's not going to happen. Yeah. Hey, Patrick, no, 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 no. Patrick, the guy who kept talking about football weather and how great it's going to be, he's going to hang outside. Oh, who would have thought? Around. Oh, sorry, I got to turn around, can't make it. I, I got to tell you, I was genuinely really bummed out because I was really looking forward to it. I really, I'm like, this is going to sure be cool. Were. And uh, <laughs> that being said, um, you know who wasn't ready for football weather? Miami, who got their ass smoked in that football game. I mean, that, that's one of the rare games. The 26 to 7 doesn't even begin to do justice what a killing that was. Yeah. I mean, look, it is what it is. Like they they didn't convert on some of the red zone opportunities. That game could have been 45 to 7. Yep. Like easily could have been 40. Hardman, what I think, and I haven't heard him talk because I haven't seen it. I think you lost that in the lights, I think is what happened. And so you have that seven points. Kelsey drops the ball that if it's not a touchdown, it's first and goal at the five yard line, right? That and that's at least four points. They had the, the the rice touchdown, the second one called back. That's another I mean, they they could have easily beaten them by 30, 35 points in that game. That was a murder scene of a football game. A couple of super chats I do want to get to because we do appreciate everyone who donates and helps out and keeps us this podcast rolling. Uh Vladimir Putin, great name as always. Love that name. Uh Ty Week Who. I've not heard Ty Week. That's pretty good. It's pretty pretty good little little, little dig at Tyreek right there. Love it. Uh, the gaming bros, I love you guys. We love you. P.S. Looking beautiful, Sterling. Thank you. Um, don't let my head get bigger than it already is. KCDC, thank you. Rebuild nearing completion. Defense is peaking. Wide receiver room defined. Is there such a thing as playoff Clyde? LFG repeat. All right, fellas. There we go. What, what, what do you think about that? The defense I, I, is peaking and the wide receiver room is finally starting to get some sort of definition here. I, I want to talk about playoff Clyde. Um, you know, listen, he's he's in a complimentary role now and it has not worked out the way he wanted. It hasn't worked out the way the Chiefs wanted, all of those things. And he could have just taken his ball and gone home, right? Like he's out there trying to prove a point if you don't have respect for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you know, he didn't He didn't draft himself. Um, he ran, ran so hard, showed so much heart in this game, helped them get that final touchdown to ice this thing with an just incredible effort. Um, he's looked a little bit thicker this year, and I wonder if maybe this is a better – like this is a – this was um, – I assume it was intentional – a better role for him as an NFL back, as kind of a, you know, like a power back who can come in – because, my God, I mean, he moved some piles in that game. He's like a bulldozer. Eddie Lacy. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, like, you look at his numbers. I think he had, like, 26 yards in the night. He, and he had the fumble late, you know, whatever. The game was done. I thought that play on the third down inside the red zone, like, that's the most fired up I've been about a Chiefs offensive play in God knows. Like, that was – look, that's one of those things, man. It's cold. It hurts. You're winning. Like, nobody gets on him if he gets tackled there. Made two guys miss. Made a great play. I'll tell you, really, and and it speaks to that play, so I'll kind of dovetail. Like, I really feel like right now, whether or not they can win a Super Bowl, we're going to find out in the next few weeks. I really do feel like right now, just the way that they feel about themselves is the best they felt all year. Just watching their body language. The offense – even though this game and the Bengals game, the red zone stuff's got to get better because they're not going to win in Buffalo if it doesn't get better. They're moving the ball at will right now because they figured out where Rice, he's not just some guy at the line of scrimmage. 
and that's changed the whole offense. Like now they're throwing these deep crosses to him and they're just killing teams. It opens up Kelsey, who like you'd go, ah, he didn't have a ton of stuff today. He had seven catches, 71 yards. Like it changes things. It starts moving guys out of the box a little bit. The other thing, even though they didn't connect on him tonight, those deep balls were there again. Yep. They were getting those looks down the field. And defensively, I mean, Sneed, Sneed and McDuffie were just having fun with them in the fourth quarter of the game. I mean, they were just slapping the ball down like, like you block an eight-year-old shot in a basketball game. I mean, Sneed, was, Sneed, who doesn't say anything, was talking an obscene amount of crap throughout the fourth quarter of the game. Like, it was, you know, and then, they, of course, you know, they showed Taylor uh, Swift and, and Kelsey's mom doing that, you know, this, the, uh, what is it, the swag service. Like, the whole damn team was doing it on the field in a playoff game. Like, that's the kind of thing that I know it's a little thing. But, like, as the kids say, the vibes, the vibes are good. The vibes are really good for a team that the vibes have been awful for four months. Like, they're really good right now, and they need the most. Uh, the confidence level was very high, and you're right. The fourth quarter, Legereus Sneed was pulling a Jamar Chase right there to an extent, just chirping in anyone's face. He was just letting him know, I am that dude. I am this guy. You are not catching the ball on me. Uh, super chat from Skyler T. During the season, our mistakes led to points for the other team. The last few weeks, starting versus Cincy, our mistakes are still ending with three points for us. Huge difference. Just to add points, keep chopping. Yeah, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, it still seems like the Chiefs are making way too many mistakes, way too many mental mistakes, penalties, um, drops, and the like. But again, they're ending in three instead of a turnover, ending in three instead of a punt. What are your guys' thoughts here? Well, yes, they are still making too many mistakes. They need to continue to get better there. But the difference is, earlier in the season, they couldn't move the football at all. And when they finally did move the football, then they made, they made the mistakes. Now, the last couple of games with the Stars, they've been moving the football pretty much every drive going down into the red zone against the Bengals and the Dolphins. So now they look like they're good enough to overcome some mistakes, which is good because they're going to make some. Uh, but they've got to continue to clean it up. But if the offense continues to improve, you can, you can overcome a penalty here or there. I think that the biggest thing with them that they dropped some balls tonight. They had a penalty that wiped away a touchdown. If they don't turn the ball over with the way this defense is playing, they can beat anybody. I mean, this defense has gotten to a point now where genuinely, if they go to Buffalo and give up ten points, I wouldn't be surprised. I, and look, and this is this is coming from somebody who, for the record, and I've said this, I've tweeted this, I think I said it here on the pod. I I've said it. They go to Buffalo next week. Like Buffalo's got the advantage. They're at home. They're they're very similar to the Chiefs. Like it's completely fair to pick Buffalo in that game, and I'm not, and, and I probably would. But I'm telling you, I would not be shocked if the Chiefs went up there defensively and completely shut them down. I mean, it, it's gotten to that point with them. They're they're devastating defensively. I want to ask you this, and this kind of goes into the same question again. It was a super chat I see here um, from Rhett. Would you rather play at Buffalo or uh, at home against Houston? But in regards to Buffalo, while I'm with you and Buffalo, they're, they're peaking at the right time. Um, you know, 5-0, and they had a, to a grueling into their season, and they had to win all those games to make it. They made it. Yep. But part of me is sitting here going, I'm with you. They're, they're, they would be at home. They're hot. But we know Mahomes can play in bad weather. We know Mahomes can play and come through in the playoffs. Now, Josh Allen's had some good playoff games. Obviously, 13 second games come to mind. But when it comes to a bad weather game, let's just say it's still, you know, in the teens and then maybe there is some snow. You're taking Mahomes over Josh Allen. I know he plays in Buffalo. Yeah, you are. 
But I've said for a while now, if you're a Buffalo fan, you almost want them to build a dome because Allen's better in a dome. Like, I almost think a bad weather game benefits Kansas City in this instance. I First of all, I agree, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I would rather play Houston at home just because I think the Chiefs do what Houston can't deal with. The Chiefs will just blanket Nico Collins and big beat us anywhere else, and I don't think they can do it. Um, I also think Stroud is amazing. Like I honestly think Stroud might be the closest thing to Mahomes I've seen drafted into the NFL since Mahomes. It's hard to go into Arrowhead as a rookie against that defense. Good luck to you. Um, that being said, look, man, I, if they, you know, Davis, who's not been great for the Bills this year anyway, he's had a bunch of games where he's had a goose egg. He doesn't. He's not playing this weekend. If they go to if if they play Kansas, if they beat Pittsburgh, they'll play the Chiefs. If they don't have Davis in that game, the Chiefs are just going to take Diggs out of the game. And I would expect the Chiefs to put a million guys at the line, do what they did tonight against Miami. Say you're not running the ball. You're not. You are not going to run the football in this game. Beat us. And I think Buffalo would have a problem with. It. I now look Buffalo's Bartine in Miami, and I just finished saying like. Do I think the Chiefs could shut them down? Yeah. Do I think they would completely shut them down? No. I think the Bills have a very good offense. But this is a defense now. They can beat you any way you want to play. They can beat you with four. They, they, can, they can cover you in man. They can cover you in zone. They can roll. Co- I mean, they do everything. They are – like, they're to the point defensively where nothing surprises me. And if they don't turn the ball over and put their defense in a bad spot – they're not getting blown out. That you can like that you can take to the bank. They might lose. Maybe they lose some 2017 game. They're not getting blown out of a game. And when you have Mahomes, you feel pretty good about your chances. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> I was thinking about as you guys were talking, I was thinking about how just incredible Mahomes has been, just in general, but like just in the playoffs, has hardly lost any playoff games. Was he lost two, two playoff games that right. weren't the Super Bowl? Like oh, that weren't the Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, they both been in overtime. Yeah, yeah, in an AFC Championship game. Um, and I was thinking about all the iconic moments that he's had in his career so far, and I felt like there was another one tonight that we're going to be seeing for years to come, and it was the broken helmet. 15, <laughs> running the football, lowering the head. Please don't do it again. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, that's getting shared all over Twitter, and it's just such an awesome shot. It's such a great football image right have you guys seen this yeah well yeah oh, who, who makes the helmets by the way uh it's not it was a riddle used to make the old ones i don't know who makes them anymore uh because they can't be too happy i don't know man i mean <laughs> i mean you can't see his right brain off. through there so that's good sure um, <laughs> looks like the helmet did its job i'll tell you you know what's crazy though is like he was pissed that he had to change the helmet he was like no i'm, I'm good also, nice job of the officials who just couldn't. Who basically tonight it was uh, it was not great. Let's just put it that way. But no, I mean Andy's talking at the podium right now. I may just finished. Like he was just talking about the fact that he thinks that Miami couldn't believe the Chiefs threw the ball as much as they did in the game, and I do think that was a factor. I'll, I'll be honest. I was surprised. And they came out and threw the ball the first three points of the game. I was like, okay, here we go. Um, that. Look, I, I just finished – I filed my column to Sports Illustrated. It's not up yet. It'll be up within the hour. But I basically wrote, look, I think a couple things are happening right now. That If they're going to make a deep run, this is why. The defense is number one. The defense is playing out of its mind. Number two, um, Rasheed Rice has morphed from, like, a good player to somebody now who is a legitimate star receiver, who is catching passes. And just, 
I mean, what there was, and I, I detailed every catch. I put it like a game log style thing in my column. There was something they he had eight catches in this game. Six of them were for first downs or for touchdown, and seven of them were when the Chiefs were behind the sticks. The only one that wasn't behind the sticks was on first and ten. Like he bailed them out over and over and over and over, multiple third and tens. I believe there was a second and twenty in there where he went for like thirty nine yards. It wasn't just catching the ball in in a spot here. It was big catches. And I also think it was notable, not to go off topic, but I, I wanted to mention this earlier. The Dolphins blitzed the hell out of the Chiefs tonight, which is very rare for them. They are not a blitz-heavy team at all. Fangio defense is usually drop seven, drop eight, play coverage in front of you with zone. They blitzed a lot. You noticed who Mahomes just kept throwing to on all those hot reads? The rookie. Who, who, how many guys on this team did he trust even a month ago? And now it's just like, hey, if they're bringing heat, guess what? Here it comes. I mean, and he kept catching it. Didn't drop the ball. Didn't run the wrong route. Like, they, it wasn't going to Kelsey. It was going to Rasheed. They were, he was confident enough in that kid to say, look, I don't have time to know if you're right. I'm throwing this thing to a spot, and you've got to read it the same way I do. And he read it the same way every time. We yeah. talked about it before you actually came on a little bit. He was uh, Mahomes friendly, if you will. Yeah. You know, they talked about that around week eight, week nine. Andy Reid came on and said, Rashid's starting to become more Mahomes friendly. And I think, as you just said right there, perfect description. He's becoming more Mahomes friendly. He's becoming the trusted confidant of Mahomes when things break down. A couple more things I want to get to. Super chat from James. Thank you so much, James. Angry drunken German gifted 10 memberships, uh, 10 memberships in the chat. Dude, you're awesome. Thank you. Thank you for help growing what we're doing here at Arrowhead Addict. Uh, one from Chris says, let's hear how good the Chiefs secondary was. Let's talk about that. We, we, we've hit on it briefly. We've talked about Sneed and McDuffie, but in totality, uh, Patrick, you've not talked in a while. I, I know it's been a little bit for you. I keep uh, jumping in here. In regards to the Chiefs secondary, how good were they? Oh, they're, like, they're absolutely incredible. I mean, they made one mistake, which, again, as we've mentioned, you can forgive, right? Tyreek Hill getting loose on you. It's he's a Hall of Fame player, absolutely incredible. They really locked these guys down pretty well. They kept every they had a strategy, they kept things in front of them, and then they rallied to the football and they tackled. And I think that's the big key. This is a strategy that does not work if you can't tackle and if you can't tackle with your cornerbacks and your safeties. And these guys were physical and they tackled Trent McDuffie, Legarius Sneed, incredible. And I just I had one thing to say on. The, the Rasheed Rice being targeted by Mahomes. Who do you think had more targets? Rasheed Rice or Noah Gray, Justin Watson, MVS, Richie James, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and McCole Hardman? I, I know what the right answer should be, which would be Rasheed Rice. It's Rasheed Rice. Um, in fact, he had one more. Those guys were targeted 11 times combined. And if you add in the last target for Isaiah Pacheco, anybody, it was, it was Rasheed Rice with 12 and then Kelsey and his targets. And then everybody else had as many as Rasheed Rice. Um, and we talked about the <laughs> earlier Vertoram before you joined us. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. How much that most of the year teams were really able to key in on Kelsey because that's nobody else on the chiefs could beat them. Now that Rasheed Rice has emerged late in the season, how much does this change things for your from your point of view for the Chiefs offense and what they're able to get accomplished? It changes everything. 
it changes everything because early in the year, Rice was putting up decent numbers, but it was a lot of stuff to line of scrimmage. Like just a lot of like quick hitters, bubble screens, right? Like these little these little plays where you're getting the ball in his hands and he's running after the catch. I'm like, that's fine. But it's hard to it's hard to sustain offense like that because if, inevitably, look, you're going to have a ball that you catch for two yards and then all of a sudden you're behind the sticks or anything else. When you're running a, a – I don't want to say a full route tree, an expanded route tree the way that Rice is right now, that changes the entire offense because now you want to bracket Kelsey, fine. Rice can just run across. I mean, how many times tonight were, did he catch deep crossers against zone coverage where he just killed him? He just ran away from him. If they play Buffalo, guess who else plays a lot of zone coverage? The Bills. And guess what they're going to do in that game? They're going to run a ton of deep overs, and they're going to say, hey, we're going to stretch you out. And if you're going to sit in too high, which the Bills play a lot more too high than Miami does, if you're going to play a lot of too high, now we can sit Kelsey down in some of those voids because you're not going to bracket with the safety. Now we can run Pacheco because you're not going to have that extra guy down near the box. If, if you're not getting those, those plays from Rice, you're bringing the safety down. There's no fear. Even if he's catching the ball at the line, so what? It helps you to have the guy down. Now you're seeing this expansion. And I think, by the way, that's why it's opening up some stuff, even for guys that he didn't have a ton of catches tonight, but like a Gray or a Watson, where there's a lot of space. Because teams aren't worried. It's kind of like, look, this game now has gotten to a point where with, with their offense, Rice is allowing the rest of the offense to function because Mahomes can stretch the field horizontally and vertically and the other thing that's happening, and, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and it started on the Cincinnati game. If these teams are going to play you single high, you have to take shots down the field. You have to do it. They didn't hit on them tonight. But Miami had to respect it all night long because they were willing to throw the ball. In negative 30, they were willing to throw the ball. That's how you change the way defenses play you. Look, I get it, it was 26-7 a night. That was an effing killing, Okay. That game, I don't know how politically correct this is. That game's like when you played high school dodgeball, okay? And like, <laughs> here, I'll, I'll, I'll clean it up. Your buddy was on the other team, and there's like six of you left and just him, and you're like, hey, guys, let's all just kill him at the same time with the ball, right? Yeah. That's what that game was. The Chiefs were like, here it comes, stop it. And frankly, the only thing that, that hurt him was the red zone. Other than that, it was an A-plus game. I mean, you couldn't ask them to play better than they played tonight outside of their red zone issues. Sterling, I've had this sneaking feeling that before all is said and done, I know maybe this sounds crazy, but I think McCole Hardman is going to have his say on the Chiefs season. I think he's going to be the guy. And in this and in this game, I know he, he lost the ball. They're going for him. Like he had three, three targets. Three three big targets that if if he hits those, it, it has to somebody else is going to have to step up, right? Like there's going to have to be a a couple plays, and I think it's either going to be I don't think it's going to end up being MVS. I think it's going to be Watson, or I think it's going to be Hardman, and I think those guys could be interchangeable. But could you got could you see Sterling a situation where like you know it's like it reminds me of the Sammy Watkins catch in the Super Bowl against the 49ers. Somebody's going to have to do that. Will it be McCall Hardman? Man. I was glad to see someone other than MVS, but he, to an extent, looked like MVS out there. And it wasn't just the ball he lost in the lights, right? It was the 
penalty where he it was not called right but where he got yeah. grabbed and then just gave up on the play where i'm sitting here going if you at least go for the ball right. you're probably getting that call yeah. so there was two um there was another one late where he just uh, there was three or four deep balls where i'm sitting here going dude you have no idea where the ball is like you just don't even expect the ball to be coming to you and it's right over your dome dude like McColl is good in the underneath routes. He's good in the red zone. We saw the touchdown numbers before he got injured last year. But man, he keeps getting put into this this um, what's it a round peg in a square hole where because he's fast, everyone thinks he's a deep ball threat. The issue is he's not good at bringing in the deep ball. He can get open on the deep ball, but if you don't bring it in, what good is that? To an extent, it's a little bit like MVS. I actually think he's way better going horizontal. I think he's way better on those six to 10 yard routes. We saw him take a slant in week 18. He's got some decently strong hands. I, I just don't think he's the guy on the, on the actual deep ball and the streaks that I'm going to put my eggs in that basket. What do you think for Ram? I think I'm going to get a beer. So <laughs> you guys, uh, you do what you got to do. I'll be back in like two minutes. <laughs> All right. Um, what should we go to? Should we should we take some questions from the chat here? Yeah, there's a couple of super chats I want to get to that I know we're we're a little backlogged on. We thank you guys, you guys are honestly a ton for your generosity. Um, I think we're now on Edric says, I love you guys. Watch us play Houston at home. Uh, that would be killer. We love you too. Uh, Chris Anderson says, let's hear, hear, hear how good the Chiefs secondary was. We've talked about it, man. The Chiefs secondary was absolutely electric. Um, from MEH. L-A-I-R. Uh, thank you. Jordan says, no question. Appreciate you guys. We appreciate you. Daniel says, my favorite play was Snead destroying Hill at the line. Also give Rice the MVP tonight. Was that your favorite play? Watching Tyreek Hill get his ass handed to him by Legereus Snead. He tries to get up and then Snead, just like a great offensive lineman, keeping him down. Yeah, man. I mean, look. Love to Tyree Kill for what he did when he was here. All-time great chief. But it's just because of all the trash talk. You know, like he just he he's he's a look, he's a confident guy. It's part of his swagger, but he can't stop running his mouth about the Chiefs. So it's you know, it's you want to see him fail because of that. And it's very satisfying that in the two games that they've played against him, he was basically responsible for the loss during the regular season because he coughed up the football. And in this one, he did draw blood against the Chiefs, but that was it. And um, look, the fact of the matter is, and he, you know, he knows this, he's in a worse situation football-wise than he, you know, he would have been obviously if he stayed in Kansas City, he'd probably have another ring, maybe two more rings. Um, you know, and and it just is what it is. But um uh he he can't stop running his mouth. And so, yeah, man, like you're like, hey. He was quiet heading into this game, though. He, he may have known, oh, dude, I can't chirp, man. I'm heading back to KC. If this happens, like what happened tonight? Yeah. Oh, he would never hear the end of, uh, hear the end of it. So I think for me, there was a reason why he was tight-lipped. There, there's a reason why it was all quiet on the hill front heading into this game. Yeah, look, and, and, and by the way, this is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, do me a favor, please. Um, if you think the Chiefs will win next week, hit that like button. Um, let's get some more fans in here to, to celebrate with us. Look, he's gone down to Miami. No state income tax. He's got a Super Bowl ring. I think he's probably, you know, he's been talking about how he might hang him up in a couple of years. And so I just think his priorities are different 
from from the standpoint that he's down and where he wants to be, and he's maybe not as concerned about the football results for his team. Um, and and other, he's just not built like a guy like Patrick Mahomes. By the way, hilarious quote from Mahomes uh, from Twitter. I saw Charles Goldman tweeted this from Mahomes press conference on the, on his scramble that got his helmet cracked. Mahomes said, "I was trying to score." Young Pat would have gotten in there. I'm getting a little old. And he mentioned the run that he had against the Titans in 2019. Do you think Mahomes is getting old? Are we there yet? No. No. <laughs> he said young Pat would have gotten in there. I'm not so sure about that. That was a pretty good stick tackle there. Um, it, was, it was a smart move. Yeah. Uh, one from Lars. Thank you, Lars. Said This is maybe what Marty Ball would have looked like with Patrick Mahomes. Not exactly, but similar. Yeah, running the rock, great defense. Uh, it does also help, though, when you have a quarterback like Mahomes. Chris Anderson, is Sneed going to be back next year? We're not going to talk about that. We, we don't know. It's it's going to be a tough situation. He's earned himself a lot of money, especially no longer playing slot and, play, and playing strictly outside. I kept saying when he played uh, both slot and outside, the versatility actually hurt him. But now he's strictly an outside guy. He's going to get paid. We'll talk about it another day. We'll have a lot of time. Derek Watson says, how much vanilla offense did we see before we possibly face Buffalo? I think it's a good question there from Derek. Uh, Verdram, you're back with your ice cold beer, your nice icy beer right there. Yeah. Uh, in regards to the vanilla offense, maybe taking things a little more bland in the regular season and potentially even maybe this game as they got a lead, do you think we'll see something a little different as the Chiefs face Buffalo? Well, potentially face right. Buffalo. Um, I think we'll see some plays we haven't seen before. Yeah, I think we'll see some unscouted looks. You know? um, I think you know they're really good when they're in their bag. They're really good at building off of concepts they've already shown, but then they do something different out of that. Like, for example, they'll whatever they'll show a three by one formation where Rice is isolated on the backside. Maybe like the last three or four times they've run it, they run some like slant route off that with Rice. So then you know, like they know, okay, look, Buffalo's going to scout that. They're going to be on it. Then they run a slant and go off of it, and they get the guy to bite right, and the safety's running up to make that play. Boom, gone. Um, I think they'll do some of that. They're very good at that in the playoffs. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe you guys mentioned this earlier, and if you did, please cut me off. But I wanted to really shout out Spagnuolo tonight. You could make a really good case. That guy's one of the five best defense coordinators in NFL history. I mean, you really – and that not because tonight, like, that sounds – I know that sounds really grandiose. He's now been the defense coordinator of three Super Bowl teams. He's gone to, what, four, I believe, and five if you include before he was a defensive coordinator. He was there at Philly with Andy Reid. Like, that is – that's that's legendary stuff. Now, he's not like LeBeau was, Dick LeBeau, who created you know his own look, or Monty Kiffin, who kind of really put that Tampa 2 defense in vogue. I get it. But Spags does stuff blitz-wise that nobody else in the league does. I mean, there were a couple times – they didn't even blitz a lot in this game. They didn't have to. There were times in this game – were the Dolphins like the? I think it was the the first Carl Loftus sack. Tron Armstead's an All Pro level player. Dude had no idea who to block. Like they brought two guys, and he both guys just ran right by him. <laughs> he was just like, I have no idea what's happening. Like you know how hard that is to do. That? Some guys been in the league ten years. Who's, a, who's an All Pro level player? The blitz in such a fashion where the guy literally blocks nobody. Like, I, I don't know. I have no idea what just happened. Gets like a hand on the guy inside, and Carl Loftus blows by him for the sack. I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff where Spags 
it's underrated for all of us because we watch him do it every week, but I have the benefit of watching the whole league every week because it's my job. He does stuff that other guys can't even dream of doing. Like they dial up pressures and looks and it's just, it's crazy. And frankly, to the guy who asked earlier, and forgive me, I forget who was the one who had the super chat about Sneed. I absolutely think they will bring Jerry Sneed back because Sneed and McDuffie are the keys to Spags being able to play the way he plays. They can play inside. They can play outside. They can both blitz. They can both tackle. And when you have corners that can do that, it opens up Pandora's box. It gives you every matchup in the world that you want. So, yes, I think they'll absolutely bring Lajarius. Andy Reid said after uh, the game at the podium, I'm not sure there's a better cornerback in the NFL right now than Lajarius Sneed. Sterling Holmes, do you agree with that? Yeah, I did. The, the fact he wasn't a pro bowler, then let alone an all pro, is mind blowing. I know he was wow. ranked fifth, right? And slot corner is different. So Trent McDuffie was all pro one, which is deservedly so, but that was pretty wild to see Trent McDuffie over Legarius. But man, he's locked down every single wide receiver one all season long. Not just that, he's not giving up a touchdown. I mean, it's absolutely absurd. I mean, we're getting into, um, was it uh, Namdi Asmoa for for, uh, Oakland? We're getting into um, Revis territory, Revis Island territory. I mean, what Legereus Sneed has done this year, it's absurd. Dude, did you see the play? I'm sure everybody in here has seen it now. And I'll be honest, in real time, I didn't catch this. Third and 13. So Sneed on third and eight. In the first half, he baited Hill into taking a false start. And then on third and 13, he jammed him like right underneath the neck and got him to the ground and then just jumped on top of him and basically just started assaulting him on the field. Like it's this might be the most emotional I've ever seen Lajarius Sneed play a football game. Like, I don't know if it was like the all pro snub or like what's mm. going on. But Jerry Sneed was just attacking Tyreek Hill physically throughout the entirety of the football game. It was that was crazy. Like, it's one thing to jam a guy. It's another thing to jam a guy to the ground and then get on top of him and just start beating him. And that was that was 3rd and 13. For anyone who hasn't seen that, that, that plays out there. It was interesting. We maybe talked about that for about five or six minutes while you were grabbing your beer because we were enjoying that play so much. But we love getting your perspective as well because that was uh, Earmuffs Kids fucking awesome. Uh, Jeremy, thank you for the Super Chat, says, no matter what said, if they win, Buffalo has to be dreading seeing this team in the divisional round on short rest. Talk about pressure. I mean, good point. Uh, again, Jesse kind of has a similar thought here. He says, assuming Buffalo wins based on how the defense stopped the Dolphins, how the offense was able to move the ball, how do you think they do? Kind of adding these into uh, into one question here. Thank you. Thanks for both of you guys. Um, yeah, h- how would Buffalo feel knowing you just watched this team who has struggled, almost sleepwalking through the regular season, coming to the playoffs? They have had their struggles against Miami. Chiefs had no issues. They kicked some damn ass, and now you're sitting here going, oh, shit, that's who we have the pleasure of facing if we win? It's like a divisional game. I don't think the Bills – like, I don't think the Bills are scared of the Chiefs, and I don't think the Chiefs are scared of the Bills. But it's it's a little bit different than uh, – like, like if it were the Texans, right? Like, I'm sure the Texans and C.J. Straw will be looking at that Chiefs defense and be like, ah, shit, man, like, we're in for it, you know? But they'll be confident because they just took care of a very good Browns defense. But I think for Buffalo, you know, it just it just comes down to it's going to come down to who executes better in that game. Those two teams are pretty evenly matched. They know one another. Um, but does Buffalo want to see the Chiefs? Nope. 
<laughs> but they're going to, you know, it's, it's too late now. You know, they either win, they get the Chiefs, or they go home. I mean, look, I don't think that the Bills are scared of the Chiefs. They've beat them three of the last four times they've played. But I sure as hell know the Chiefs aren't scared of the Bills either. Like, look, there's one thing that is true with Kansas City that is not true of Buffalo, and it is not true of Baltimore. The Bills and the Ravens, and let's just talk about the Bills right now since that might be the next matchup. They're both fine football teams, and the Ravens have been great all year long. The Bills and the Ravens think they can win in the playoffs. The Chiefs know they can win in the playoffs. It's different. And no, I don't care that Josh Allen beat Mac Jones once upon a time. I don't care. Okay. Like, see, here's a crazy stat for you. CJ Stroud and Lamar Jackson, when they square off, if they square off next week, they have the same amount of wins in the playoffs in their careers. Okay. So, like, the, by the way, one thing if the Chiefs play Buffalo, Buffalo, the pressure on the Bills in that game is enormous. I almost think it's easier for the Chiefs to play the game in Buffalo in one way. If the Chiefs start to beat them, it's going to be like it used to be at Arrowhead, where the tension is just absolutely stifling. And you're like, oh, my God, are they going to lose this game? For the Chiefs, what pressure is there? What you, you just won two Super Bowls in the last four years. What pressure do you have? What do you have to prove? Kelsey's walking into the Hall of Fame. Mahomes is walking into the Hall of Fame. Right? Like, what do you have to prove? If you're the Bills... I mean, my, you're going to start to feel the choke job coming. If it's 7 nothing, if it's 14-3, and Allen throws a pick, I mean, that you, people people in Buffalo, understandably, because this was Chiefs fans forever, yeah. are going to say, oh, my God, again. That so it's, that can go from an advantage to a home field disadvantage real fast if things don't start right. They're going to – you're right, man. Like, things go poorly that like Buffalo's great fans and they're going to be excited to have that home field advantage against the chiefs finally. But if it doesn't go well at the start, the people oh are, they're going to start vomiting in the stands like right away. Like they, just, just imagine if like the chiefs get up like seven, nothing and Allen throws a pick that the chiefs run back or something like the, um, even though the bills are more than capable of coming back, like the feeling in the building is going to be, Oh my God, again with this. I mean, it's just, it is. And we all know it. Because up until Mahomes showed up, everybody in, in the Kansas City greater area felt like that forever. And they went all in. And they, they've been all in for a couple of years now. I mean, when you have 30-year-old safeties getting paid high dollar and Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, when you have Tredavious White, who's 28, going on 35, you're sitting here going, they're all in. Von Miller has three tackles all season long. Uh, Matt Milano is out for the season. He's a great player, but he's obviously – what do you do with that? Uh, Gabe Davis coming up for contract this upcoming offseason. I mean, they have a lot of question marks. I mean, like my, my, my point here is, is they've gone all in and have nothing to show for it. I, I don't mean to talk about the Bengals because Bengals fans are somehow still in Chiefs fans' mentions. It's wild to me. Like, by the way, when I interviewed T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, yeah. they didn't know that I'm a Kansas City guy. And when I said who wins the Super Bowl, and the first thing that T. Higgins tells me is anyone but KC, I'm sitting here going, rent-free. Like, they don't know from KC. It's it's wild to me. I saw a Twitter account, and I I, I swear to God, I can't remember who it was, right? I'd, I'd show it. Um, the, it was a Bengals fan. Like, I, I just, I, you know, somebody who I wouldn't be an influencer, but a fan of the team. And 
they like morphed together a Bengals logo and a Dolphins logo, and they're like, <laughs> time to go win tonight, and then got absolutely smoked. And I'm like, that's you're the only damn franchise who's not in the playoffs who lost tonight. Yep. Like how? Like how does that happen? Another L. Another the Bengals were only won the playoffs. They didn't even make it. Like it. Yeah. You know what? Honest to God, listen, I get it. Your season went to went to hell because Burrow got hurt, and, and that sucks. And that, but my God, man, like just take the L and move on. It happens. It, it's unfortunate. Burrow, if he's there, we all know they make the playoffs. Nobody's denying they're a really good football team. But like, that's just weird. I thought it was really weird behavior when they lost in Kansas City, and Chase got shut down, and he was like laughing in the locker room, You're like, bro, you just got punked. Like you just lost the game, you're out of the playoffs, you're just sitting there laughing your your ass off because you got three passes. Like it was weird. Yeah. I get that you have a rivalry and you hate each other, and that's that's great, man. I'm all about it. But like, you're morphing logos together and then both losing together. Like what? It, like what was that? It was very bizarre. Uh, Latrell, I see you saying Chase, not Higgins, right? Said that. Uh, Higgins said on ESPN, and then, or, uh, no, Chase said on ESPN. And when I asked, I actually was asking him that morning. Uh, Higgins said it to me first and not Chase. So that I found a little interesting. Uh, check that out on Stacking the Box, a partnership basically over here with Arrowhead Addict. A couple more super chats I want to get to because I do respect and we we thank you so very much for being so generous, not just with your time, with your money, spending time with us here at Arrowhead Addict, helping grow what we were building here. Uh, Symmetria Dillard says no comment. Thank you for the no comment donation. That's also awesome. Uh, Disco Xmas says even though it was costly to the Chiefs, Pat yelling at Hardman made me crack a smile and full of nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's the, the band's back together, right? They're they're, they're feeling like the they're the last year selves. Here's a great Mahomes uh, greatness stat here for you: Patrick Mahomes with that win has now passed Troy Aikman, Aaron Rodgers, and Roger Staubach for the eighth most career playoff wins in NFL history with twelve. Patrick Mahomes is what twenty eight. He's 28. He's eighth all time in NFL playoff wins. That's incredible. Rodgers is like 57 years old, still trying to play, and he's got more playoff wins than him. He's not getting any more of me either with the Jets. Yeah. So it's over. <laughs> um, there's so many jokes with that. I, I'm, I'm not going to touch it. Um, look, I, uh, yeah, not bad. Not bad. He passed, as you mentioned, Troy Aikman, which uh, I know in some corners of Kansas City, that is has caused some consternation. Hey, you think uh, Briscoe's happy right now? Oh, God, I love Briscoe. <laughs> every time, every time that stuff comes out, it kills me. Um, so, yeah, yeah, Joshua Briscoe is having a beer on uh, on that stat tonight. Look, it's it's been really impressive. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm stating the incredibly obvious, but Mahomes in the playoffs – has been incredible. I mean, wh- how many games can you sit there and say in the playoffs he's been bad in? One? Yeah, the Bengals game. Okay, that's it, right? And even that, it was like a half, really. Like, one. One game. He has been and, – and they've played a season's worth of playoff games now over the last, you know, what, five and change years here. One game. I mean, the Super Bowl they lost wasn't his fault. He was incredible in that game. They, they couldn't do anything. That's the thing that if, if, look, if you're talking about Super Bowl runs and, like, you can bank on him. You can now bank on this triumphant of Rice, Kelsey, and Pacheco. And a defense that is just smoking fools at this point. I mean, it is really to the point. You know, we all came into the game. I think I know Patrick and I talked about it. I'm sure we didn't talk about it, but I would assume, not to assume for you. But I, I would assume, like, it was all about, like, you got to stop the run tonight. And you got to be able to shut that down. 
Devon A. Chain averaged on the year almost eight yards a carry. That 7. is 7.8. It was 7.8 on over 100 carries. Thank you. You want? I don't know if you guys talked about it. Do you know what his stat line was tonight off the top of your head? We did. He had like uh, six carries for eight yards or something. Six carries like for nine yards. Nine yards, yeah. Six carries for nine yards. <laughs> That's one carry pretty much. And Mostert <laughs> had eight carries for 33 yards. I mean, they did nothing. Absolutely nothing. Hill, by the way, at 62 yards in this game and in the Germany game. Yeah. Hey, who ripped? Who told everyone take Tyreek Hill under seventy yards? If you listen to me, come on now. It's been, I mean, listen, Rasheed Rice more than doubled him up in yardage. Yeah. I mean, that's and look, the, quite honestly, the, the touchdown catch. I give Hill all the credit in the world because he got interfered with. He made a great catch. He made a few guys miss. The throw was atrocious. If McDuffie had turned around and played the ball, he would have intercepted it. Which, by the way, you know, McDuffie, he still doesn't have a pick in his career, right? That would have been number one. Yeah. That would have been, that would have been kind of fun. But, hey, look, uh, the bottom line is right now, they're you know, they're playing the way you want them to play right now. Now, they got to fix the red zone. Nobody's denying that. I'm not saying it's perfect. But if they fix the red zone, look out. Because the rest of the team is functioning the way you hoped it would function since opening night against Detroit. I want to ask you guys this. I think they can win even with the red zone struggles. I know it might be a hot take. I know it's, it might seem silly. I think the defense is that good. If you put up 26, 23 points, you're winning that game. Seriously, yeah. like I, if you put That's up 21 funny. points, 23 points, 26 points, you don't have to score at 35 anymore. The defense is so locked in. Even if you struggle in the red zone, man, if you're as long as you get three every single drive – they're going to win the games. That was a game where you know you couldn't have, you couldn't have faulted them if they gave up a garbage time touchdown you know at the end of that game, but they didn't. They um, they can win a game that way. It's it's not ideal, but they're they're a different defense. Even when like when their backs are against the wall, and um, we saw that the first time they played Miami, they were up twenty one to nothing at the half. The Miami came back and scored fourteen points, and they never scored again in the fourth quarter. If after halftime. If Miami had taken that ball down the field and scored a touchdown and it was a two-point lead for the Chiefs, that Chiefs defense, I believe, would have would have buckled down um, even, you know, and, and, and continued to hold them off, which we've seen them do. Our own Price Carter uh, from arrowheadaddict.com, definitely check out his work over there. He tweeted, the Chiefs held the Dolphins' high-powered offense to 21 points in eight quarters. The Broncos gave up 70 in four quarters, which is hilarious. And and another tweet for you, Justin retweeted, when it's grim, be the grim reaper, uh, frozen smiley face, Chiefs win. So Chiefs are fired up. And I that what that tweet says to me, that he went to the when it's grim, be the grim reaper, is interesting, right? Because <clears throat> they were never like in particular danger in this game. That to me says this team knows what everybody thinks about them coming into the playoffs. That they're not they're not the same Chiefs. They and how many times have the Chiefs under Patrick Mahomes gotten the play that nobody believes on this card? Never, never. I mean, it, am I wrong? Am I forgetting a game? I don't. I don't. I mean, a couple of the Super Bowls they were you know people picked against them, but they're in the Super Bowl. Like not like that's not going when 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 you watched all these shows, you're going in the playoffs and people are doing their Super Bowl picks. The Chiefs are just completely out. 
the the two guys who picked this game on uh, on ESPN.com both picked the Dolphins to win by like a touchdown. That's yeah, right. but I, I think that everyone pick, I think everyone picked the Chiefs as far as the uh, pregame show. Even Tony Dungy, who loves going against the uh, the fold, I'm pretty sure picked the Chiefs. So, by the way, because um, I never get to do this because my scores were always bullshit. Uh, I said <laughs> I thought the Chiefs would win 27 to 10. It's pretty close. Well done. Um, also, fun fun little Mahomesian fact that I just did the research on the legwork on the research the legwork. Um, Mahomes in his regular season at home. He's 36 and 11. On the road, he's 38 and 11. They've actually been better slightly on the road than at home. Now, of course, in the playoffs, you factor that in, you know, the win percentage goes up because they've never played a road game with Mahomes. Um, but 38 and 11 away from home. Yeah. Like, that's, that, excuse the language, that's fucking impossible. Dude. 38 and 11 away from home? I mean, that's insane. You had, and in 2020, they didn't lose once on the road. They went 8-0 on the road. Like they, in his starts in his career, 38-11 and 11 away from Arrowhead State. How do I you know. guys think, just real quick, how do you guys think that they'll, this will be the first time in the Mahomes era that they're going on the road in the playoffs. If what happens, what we think is going to happen happens, which is that the Bills curb stomp the Steelers. How do you think this team's going to, react to that it's something that they've never experienced do you think that it will enhance their game do you think that if things start to go wrong they'll crumble like how how worried are you how do you think they're going to handle it oh i don't think they're going to give a shit no i that i don't i don't worry about them crumbling look they've gone to the super bowl and i know that's not a road game but like that eagles game pretty much was right we're down in arizona i mean that was an eagles crowd like they, to me, that's that's kind of the point I was trying to make earlier about the pressure. Like I know the Bills have played in an AFC title game, although you could argue they didn't play in that game as much as they showed up and watched the Chiefs play in that game. But like they've been to an AFC title game. The Chiefs, like the divisional round for the Chiefs, is like warm up. I mean, it just is. I mean, they they've been to the, Mahomes has never not advanced past the divisional round. Like the wild card round, I mean, my God, they must have felt like it was preseason tonight. They're like, okay, well, got to win this one. I mean, they didn't show any nerves. Tonight. They annihilated Miami in that football game. Yeah. I don't think going on the road is going to be any problem. Listen, I respect – I've been to the Bills Stadium, Highmark Stadium. That is a loud place to play. It is tough. But the one thing that benefits Kansas City is like the weather. Who gives a shit? They're from Kansas City. It's not like it's going to be like something they can't handle going up there. And – Again, 38 and 11. Like, they're, they're not going to be lacking for confidence going in there. And I, and I mean it when I said it. Look, could it be a big home field advantage? Absolutely. It could also be something where if they get down in that game, it becomes an advantage for Kansas City where the pressure is just absolutely overwhelming. Kansas City is going to go up there and go, all right, guys, free and loose, baby. I mean, who? I, no pressure's on us. What is the pressure on the Chiefs to win that game? So, listen. They might win, they might lose. I'm not. I'm not saying that you know some some guarantee, but that. No, I don't think the Chiefs gonna have any problem going on the road. This is a fun question here from Kai. Thank you, Kai, for the super chat. It says, where would Pat rank all time within their Super Bowl? This is a great question here. Where, where, where would you put him, Verderam, all time? Pat wins another Super Bowl this year. Where does he rank? Um. 
I'm just going to do Super Bowl era because you, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, of course. I'd, I'd obviously behind Brady. I'd put him still behind Montana. Um, he's third. He's third. The argument in my eyes is then between he and Unitas. Yeah, I think he's third. I think it's Brady, Montana, and Mahomes. Like I, yeah. I, I think that's the he's, way. He's above every. There's no argument for anybody else. The, like Rogers, no shot in hell. Breeze, no way. Roethlisberger, no. He's already ahead of all those guys anyway. I mean, the, the guys right now that you could argue are like. So to me, I know you'd say Aikman because you won three. I'm, I'm sorry. Come on, stop. Like Same I thing with Bradshaw, right? He's better than Bradshaw. He was a better player, and Bradshaw is a great player. But yeah, he's better than Bradshaw. I mean. Like right now, it's like Stallback, right? Like Roger Stallback won two. He was a great quarterback. Like he's in there. Um, but yeah, Mahomes was another one. He's ahead of all those guys. So to me, it would be, it's definitely Brady and Montana, and then it's like him and Unitas. Like to me, I'd put them in the same. You can yeah. argue it depending yeah. on how, what you value and how much you factor in era and whatever. But absolutely, you know, top. I I would put him third. Do you but have him over Manning now? What? Do you have him over Manning now? Mm, not yet, but I, I think he will be ahead of Manning by the end of his career. I mean, Manning won like four MVPs. So. You're talking about Eli, right, in the two Super Bowls? <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about, what about where's, how's he stack up against Flacco? I, I got to tell you, today's the tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> wait, well, wait, wait, threw more touchdowns if you factor in the uh, ones to Houston. Yeah, is he, is is he elite though? We got to go back to twenty to two thousand nine. Is is Joe Flacco elite? He is not. Um, <laughs> you got to give him credit. Man. man was on the couch and then just came and let a team. Well, in. Listen, yeah, no question. Yeah. By the way, the other guy that you throw because you threw in Manning, which is a good one. The other guy that I didn't mention, you got to throw in there. Two of them actually. One one who never gets to shine because he didn't win. Marino does. Like, Marino was ridiculous. Yeah. Like Marino is still every bit in Mahomes' stratosphere. And then Elway's the interesting one. And I know Chiefs fans hate Elway. I mean, believe me, join the club. But I Elway won two. He went to five Super Bowls. Like I would take I think Mahomes by the end of his career will be far ahead of Elway. But right this second, I think you could make the argument if Mahomes wins another one, that puts him ahead of Elway. That puts him ahead of Manning for me. That puts him ahead of Stahlbach, where I think right now you can make that argument, although I think by the end of his career it won't be an argument. I have a really fun question for you guys because I thought a guy really stood out tonight that um, I was shocked by, Donovan Smith. I thought Donovan Smith had his best game of the season. Coming off of a neck injury, missed multiple weeks, he's been out. Donovan Smith was a badass in this game. Wani Morris was out. I have no idea how it would have gone down if Wani Morris was healthy and Donovan Smith was healthy. Who would have started? We might not ever know. But Donovan Smith got the nod, and he was really damn good. Got to give him his credit, but just your guys' thoughts. If Wanya Morris is able to go next week, whoever they, the Chiefs play, do you go with Wanya or do you stick with Donovan Smith? You stick. You stick with Smith. I think. I don't think it would have been a. I don't think it would have been as big of a question as you think. If uh, if Wanya Morris did some nice things, but the inexperience, he's got. You know, you you go with the veteran that you brought in if, as long as he's healthy. I think in that situation, if Wanya Morris comes back. It's great that he got some experience and you've got a backup swing tackle there, but I'm I'm putting Donovan Smith out there. Yes. 
100%. Donovan Smith, as you said, and he was great. He was. You don't sit that guy down. Not after that. You, you got to play him again. And, you know, listen, one thing about Donovan Smith, he's been there. Yeah. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been in these games. Now, Juwan Taylor, on the other hand, okay, I, I, I want to keep this a positive night. Juwan Taylor, to be fair to him, I think the penalty he got called for in the touchdown, like – he got pushed, and frankly, I thought it was kind of ticky-tack. But, like, man, it's always with the damn penalties. Like, pre-snap, it, like, it's enough. It, I'll tell you right now, I know they'd have to eat 24 million dead money to cut him next year and not even think twice. Be done with it, move on, open up the cap space moving forward, eat the money. Be the, uh, Yeah, he, he was the one guy tonight that I was like, what is happening? But, yeah, Donovan Smith, play him. Keep playing him. Uh, who, who said that when, when he signed the contract and I said this was dumb as shit and uh, no one believed me and everyone called me a uh, a, a, a Chiefs hater? Uh, yeah, that was shocking. Well, you, uh, uh, you, you've been proven <laughs> right because uh, he's not good. Yeah. He's not good. So uh, um, congratulations. I, I think Mike Edwards also needs a lot of credit. Mike Edwards mm. with the, 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 the brace on and all. That could not have been lovely to land on as he made the interception, yet he did. Mike Edwards has been one of the unsung signings from Brett Veach where he may have got, I think he did get, Juwan Taylor wrong. Mike Edwards has been a steal, him and Drew Tranquil. What were your guys' thoughts on just the depth and the addition of Mike Edwards? i tell you, talking to people inside the organization, it's funny you said – those two names because they will tell you those are two of the best signings they've had in years. Like those guys have been incredible. I wouldn't, I will be surprised if they do not make a strong effort to resign both of them. They love those guys. Now, you know, it takes two. Maybe they try to find a bigger role, whatever, but like they're going to want them back. Edwards has been Johnny on the spot, which he was kind of known for in Tampa. That was kind of his thing. He's a ball hawk. He finds the ball. Um, it helps that, Tua was basically throwing the ball out of a T-shirt cannon straight up in the air. That that also was a good thing. Um, Sorry, I thought the best throw Tua had all night was that when he hit that kid in the stands with the ball. <laughs> that was the most accurate it was the whole damn night. Yeah. Um, but, I, no, listen, Edwards has been excellent. And Tranquil, my God, man. Yeah. I mean, Tranquil might be the only guy in the league, and I'm, I'm being obviously over the top on purpose here, but, like, he's maybe, like, a top – 10 player at his position and he's coming off the bench. I mean, how many tackles did he have in this game? I don't I honestly don't know, but he was everywhere. It felt like he was and I thought it was interesting actually, and this is notable. They played him and Bolton together a lot tonight. Yes. They had not done that all year. And in tonight's and they still played Chanel, they played gay, but they were <laughs> they were like, you are not running the ball. You're not going to do it. And they had a hell of a lot of success. Um, and for the record, by the way, Bolton had 10 tackles, led the team. Carl Loftus had six. Tranquil had four. So uh, they were first and third, and Tranquil was tied with Snead and McDuffie. But if I, and, and, and Carl Loftus, by the way, one and a half sacks, three quarterback hits, he was a monster. But like, if I'm the Chiefs, if I'm Spags, I'm like, you know what looks really good? Those two guys with Willie Gay on the field. That looks really good because we can cover anybody and we can also hit like hammers. Here it comes. And then you have Chanal, who's like the guy out of the replacements, who's just nuts, who comes barreling downhill 8,000 miles an hour. Um, I mean, that, no, they – like, I love that they played them together. And they played they, – they really did a nice job uh, working in, in concert. 
Further, and we got a super chat for you from Chris Anderson. Appreciate you. I get the money. I know it's the cart before the horse, but next year, who do you keep? Snead or Jones? I'd like to hear Verderam's opinion. Sure. Uh, sure, Chris. Um, I think they'll keep Snead because um, Snead is younger. And even if you pay him top of the market money, let's say you pay him four years and 70 million bucks. Oh. I mean, that's what? How much is that? That's 18, 17 and a half a year. Yeah. Okay. Now, maybe you don't. I, and, and by the way, I, I get it. I, I won't spoil it because we have a list coming out, but we're doing the top 50 free agents at Sports Illustrated. He's high on the list. And for each one of them, we're getting projections from agents as to what he's going to cost. I will tell you that the projection was not that high. Okay. But I'm just trying to throw out like top of the market, like top, top, top one. He's still a hell of a lot cheaper than Chris Jones is going to be. Right? Like, He's still cheaper. So if I'm Kansas City, I'm paying a younger guy who is right now playing as well at his position as Chris Jones is playing at his, and I'm paying him less money. And he gives me the versatility that, that along with McDuffie, no other team in the league has. You, you can't, like, with the Chiefs, if you want to, like, Teron Johnson next week is an all-pro slot corner for Buffalo. He's an excellent player. But if you want to get away from him, you go outside. If you want to get away from Snead, you go to the bench. Because they can go anywhere with that, right? Like, in the same true McDuffie. Now, there is a world, if you really want to get creative and say, oh, well, I want to keep them both. You could tag Snead. You could tag him, right? I mean, I don't – now, you're talking about tying up a lot of money between that and Jones. So, I don't know that they would do that. If I'm Brett Veach, I would do everything I could to sign Snead. If I can't sign him, i tag him. But I'd sign him if, I, if possible. And with Jones – I got to be honest. I lo- look. I love Chris Jones. I'd say, Chris, hit the market. If you get a better offer than what we've been offering you, go with God. If you don't, <laughs> call us. I mean, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm not out on Chris Jones. Like, if he comes back to them and says, listen, the best offer I'm getting is three years and 80 million bucks, sign him. But if, if he comes back and he says, listen, somebody's going to give me four and 110 all right. I mean, what are you going to do? I would sign Snead. I, I think at this point, losing him, I think they can get by with Karloftis and Amenahu and Dana if they bring Dana back and maybe FAU developing. I think they can get by and be okay up front. Losing Snead would be crushing to them because of the way they play. I hate having this conversation. I hate it because we're the Chiefs just won a game very quickly. Very, very quickly. You can make a two-sentence answer here for Duram. We thought the same thing about Tyron Matthew. It happened. We thought the same thing, at least I did, with Traverius Ward. It happened. Traverius Ward also was an all-pro this year, by the way, for, for, so for those that didn't know. The Chiefs have an affinity for signing and finding and identifying talent at cornerback. Again, I want Legereus Sneed here, by the way, but I'm trying to play devil's advocate. Sure. You know, I talked to a lot of people, you know, Aaron Schatz, uh, creator of DVOA, yeah, right? Great guy. Smart. Brilliant. We, we agree on quarterbacks are a lot like relievers in baseball. A lot of variance. One of the biggest predictors of consistent talent is on the defensive line. That's Chris Jones. You don't see talent like that with that sort of consistency year over year that he has. That is a unique skill set. Um, I don't know what I would do because it's very hard. I love Legereus. But I think if you're trying to get your, your best bang for your butt, or, or, or at least the most uh, consistent player 
I think it might be Chris Jones. That's the only pushback I'm going with. Totally fair. Yeah. If the age was the same, if the money was relatively the same, I would pay Chris Jones. Okay. But it's not, and it's not. And the ultimate push over the line for me is the versatility. He can do so many things. I just think it opens up everything for Spagnuolo. You can just, I mean, like a lot of times teams look at a corner in the slot and go, okay, you know, we know that guy's going to do this, whatever, right? And that's all he can do. And we're going to motion our guy outside. And with the Chiefs, you're like, that's great. Because here comes one of our two all-pro caliber players. And you're not getting away from either one of them. Because of the versatility they have with those two corners, they dictate the matchups. And that is an extremely rare thing in the NFL. I will say this. Who gives a shit? Because the Chiefs right now have both, baby. Yeah, they do. We got them both. All right, let's give out some hardware before we get out of here. You guys have been absolutely fantastic. Uh, just a huge audience the whole show through. Hit that like button on YouTube for us. Do us a favor. And if you're interested in becoming a member of the Arrowhead Added community, we had a blast in the Discord tonight watching the game together. Uh, we had a fantasy football league. We did all this great stuff. Um, happy hours. So check out the link in the description. We appreciate your support. Let's hand out some hardware, though. Earning their arrowheads. Sterling, I'll start with you. Who gets some arrowheads from you for their performance against the Dolphins? Yeah, I talked about it. The, the first guy I want to give a, a shout-out to is Donovan Smith, man. Again, I was um, a little concerned with Wanya Morris out this game. I thought Wanya Morris was going to be a, a bigger impact than Donovan, especially in the run game. I go, okay, it's cold outside. We know the Chiefs are going to have to uh, focus on running the football. Well, I thought Wania Morris is a better run blocker than Donovan. I know PFF has been a little down on that, but I thought PFF was wrong in this one instance. So I'm sitting here going, all right, I, I really liked Wania Morris, but Donovan filled in and Donovan Smith was phenomenal. Like Donovan Smith, in my opinion, this was his best game. He showed up in the biggest moment after having a neck injury and was out for multiple games. So for me, Donovan Smith, he gets my arrowhead. Bird around? Uh, Rasheed Rice. I mean, I could give out 50 of them, but Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice was just unbelievable. I mean, how many times? And, like, they weren't bad throws by Mahomes, but they were throws, like, away from his body. Didn't matter. Just plucking it out of the air, running away from guys, running over it. He's one of those dudes, too, who, like, he doesn't look like he's that fast, but then he just keeps running. You know, it's like he'll run and you're like, oh, okay, he's going to get – no, he's not going to get tackled. Oh, he's gonna, no, he's not going to get – and it's like 35 yards down the field. You know, oh, look at that. I mean, he almost had 100 yards in the first half. He had 92 yards, I believe, at halftime. So, Rasheed Rice, all day long. First playoff game in his career. Guys from Texas and played like that in that weather, not bad, man. I got to give one on the defensive side of the ball to Furious George. He was tremendous in this game. Uh, was, uh, I believe – uh, second on the team in tackles with six, three quarterback hits, a sack and a half. Um, just a tremendous job by him. And then look, man, CEH, CEH, <laughs> hard running, incredible play down there in the red zone to set them up to get that first down so they could finally get back in the end zone, moving the pile. Love it. He, he gets it, man. He gets the arrowhead. Imagine telling someone before this season started, imagine telling someone last year 
after the Super Bowl parade, when he didn't show up because he was on a, a fashion runway, whatever it was, that in a playoff game, CEH would get your arrowhead. You know what, and man? The oh. odds on that, you should have thrown a fiver on it. Credit, credit where credit is due. If we're going to yeah. criticize him when he doesn't play well, we got to, we got to give him, the, we got to show him the love when he shows up for the team. Um, I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just the effort plays are just they're meaningful to me as a fan to see him running that hard when he's only getting a handful of carries when he's been basically you know he's been benched and maybe he's learned a little something from Isaiah Pacheco on the way he runs. He had his option decline. Like, I have nobody has killed CEH more than me. No, I mean, my God, I am, like, leading the bandwagon with that one. Like, I got to hand to the guy. He's playing his ass off. And, like, you got to respect the hell out of that. I don't care. I don't even care what his yards per carry. I, I, I don't care. It also feels like if they're going to somehow, like, win the Super Bowl, it feels like that dude is somehow going to have some play in this thing where you're like, oh, my God. Like, he's just, like, he makes, like, four guys miss on third and 19 or something. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it feels like it's one of those like he trucks a linebacker and you're like, oh, like, yeah, I feel like if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, we're getting like an Earl Campbell moment out of CEH at some point here, right? Like, there's in this, like there's like a famous shot of Earl Campbell where he's running. I think he plays like he's playing the Raiders and like the like his cut his tearaway jersey's being ripped off and he's down to like shoulder pads and pants and he's just running through like seven tacklers at the Astronome. I feel like that's where we're headed. Like if they win the Super Bowl. It's Clyde just truck sticking some linebacker at the five yard line, and you just walk away from it being like, "That's better than the Mahomes run against the Titans." Like that's the most defining play of the era. It feels like we're headed for that, which is something that no human being alive could have thought even like six weeks ago. So here we are. Unbelievable. One more super chat uh, to get to. Shout out to KCDC, our pal for gifting five memberships. That's awesome. That's the kind of community we have here at Arrowhead Attic. Luttrell says, great post game. Who is jumping in the pool? If, you, if you're if you new here, Luttrell is, is referencing uh, my jumping in the pool last year after the Super Bowl when the Chiefs won. I will note that I was in Arizona. Um, <laughs> I am uh, I live in Chicago. Real man steps up. Yeah, the closest, closest <laughs> thing I have to I do have a, a, a water feature pond in my backyard, but if I do a cannonball in there, It'll be the last one I ever do. So um, it's about 14 inches deep. So, uh, yeah, My neighbor's got a pool, but it, it's like a frozen block of ice. So what about the lake? In. Come on. You're in Chicago. The That's lake. I, yeah, the be- oh, 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 come on, Chicago winds. I hear so much about your beach. Go check out the beach right now. Yeah. yeah. I, wouldn't get, I wouldn't go on that lake. Yeah, it's, it's I wouldn't. Like, I don't think you could get in. It. It's probably frozen solid. It also might. You might also like, like burn up of like acid, whatever else. Yeah, right. right. W- wouldn't do it. Listen, everybody, this has been a great show. You guys have been awesome. Shout out to our whole crew for the for the lineup of shows that we had pregame, halftime, obviously this postgame show. Um, you need to be subscribed to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. If you're watching this now, if you're not subscribed to this channel, subscribe. Go to Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Get the audio version. Subscribe there. Leave us a review. And make sure, as soon as, as, soon as we wrap up here, go straight to arrowheadaddict.com because we're not just a podcast. We're a website. We've been a website for over a decade now. Um, Matt Connor, the whole crew over there have got all the breakdowns of the game and they'll have it all week. And we'll be back next week with our regular lineup of shows, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to get you ready for likely Cheese versus Bills. Um, and we'll get you set up, though, for whoever they're playing. Much appreciation to all of your support. Shout out to producer Richard. Shout out to Sports Illustrated's Matt Verderer. Make sure you head over to SI.com and read all of his work this week. And of course, 
my co-host tonight, Sterling Holmes, and his mustache. Shout out to Sterling's mustache and his martini. Looking good. We appreciate you all. We will catch you on Tuesday. But until then, as always, go Chiefs. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.